Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast Tech Effect. The podcast is about testing and development insights and debates with industry experts. In this particular podcast episode, we'll be discussing the topic of project management in the software quality insurance field. With today's topic expert, we'll find out what goes into the project management and why it is necessary in software quality assurance industry. For the ones that didn't listen to the previous episode, I'm an expert in audio and video testing. I'm leading efforts to ensure the accuracy and consistency of the test result data for the audio and video side. Uh, also, I'm managing one of the Tesla Lab's biggest audio and video benchmarking projects. For me, joining today is an experienced project manager that has worked in the IT industry, gaining expertise from different perspectives in the field, uh, Romans Nikolaevs. Hello, Romans. How are you feeling about today's podcast episode? Hey, Adrian. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward for, for our discussion. I think we'll highlight really important topics today. Yeah, so the main idea today is just give like uh, insight about project management in the software quality assurance, right? Yeah. Okay, so can you please describe your experience as a project manager previously? So yeah, I'm in the field for about three years. Uh, started in telecom, uh, eventually moved to the gambling, and now I'm here back in IT field, uh, working with the software quality assurance projects. Uh, but yeah, I have a, a really interesting experience, like used to launch the project related to the uh, telco network uh, operations, used to launch uh, integration projects for, for the software within the several US states. So uh, really non-trivial experience, I would say. Uh, when you said that you're now back at the IT field, where did you work like previously? Uh, usually I connect uh, IT and telecom together because uh, like basically telecom is just, just a part of IT world. Okay, okay. Uh, so I think we could start about talking about project management. Uh, so my first question probably will be what goes actually into the project management itself? So you can describe the project manager like in, in one uh, simple sentence, get things done. So uh, when you're stepping in a project manager, you are that that point of contact that the only person who will ensure that deliverables are there, ensure that stakeholders are updated and like actually team performing well. So you're like in the middle of the client and of your team and you need to be the bridge to make sure that every, everybody on either side are like good, right? Exactly. Uh, also, you are that knowing person who wants to have things done yesterday. <laughs> true, that's true. Everyone always says like, oh yeah, that's need to be done yesterday. Uh, why actually like uh, project manager in testing or project management actually in testing is important? Well, uh, the quality assurance field, it's it's really splits on, on the vast majority of things of the items you can cover. Uh, when you say, I want to test some software, it's uh, it's really a lot of options to go with. You can cover accessibility testing, you can cover auto video testing, you can run functional testing, you can uh, you can plan uh, to implement unit tests even for, for some software development projects. So the project manager here is at first the uh, the help, the assistance to the customer to to find out what kind of deliverables are, are, are in the scope, what, what client interested in. Because really often I have a client who wants to just test the software and actually they don't know what kind of results they are expect to have, what they want to see. 
uh, does actually the project management differs from, from, from example, if we have accessibility and we have functional and we have automation testing, does the planning or, or any other kind of things differs? Uh, in the some projects, yes. Like, I mean, in general items, yeah, that's the classic uh, approach. You need to plan, you need to start the project, you need to track the project. Uh, but depending on the different type of testing, like you need to dig in, like for example, for automation projects, you need to uh, help customer define the framework he wants to work in. Because the case when uh, you want to get uh, automated uh, testing implemented in your internal pipeline without having and infrastructure that actually requires a really deep digging in order to set that. Okay. When you are mentioning approaches in the project management, uh, what type of approaches there actually are? Oh, uh, actually you can, you can use any of, uh, popular software, uh, delivery approaches. So like, I mean, if you were talking about, uh, uh agile, Kanban, waterfall, like we're, we're quite flexible here. I mean, uh, you also can get like the simple paper and just, just write down the things you need to do and track them. So it really depends on, uh, on the personality and skill set of the particular project manager who's working in. And in your own opinion, which is like the best approach, is it agile or, or waterfall or any other kind? Um, so we're talking here about the quality assurance projects. Yeah. So most. Most frequently we're using waterfall model here, especially if we're talking about some functional tests, like it's, it's a really classical approach here, uh, but you don't need to forget about agile approach because time to time you need to be flexible. You need to change, change the scope, change the test, change the plan. If we're talking about the plan, right? Uh, how do you like prioritize tasks in a project? Uh, usually I'm using Eisenhower metrics. So that's, uh, that's the urgency versus importance. Uh, it's a really simple table, but that will help you to remove all the uh, unimportant titles from your plan. And do you like calculate any risks, uh, towards these, uh, priorities as well? Oh, towards the tasks? risks is a, is a really sketchy item to, to touch. So, uh, in a proper project, when you have enough of time, when you have enough of resources, you do the risk assessment. Uh, that's, uh, that's not really precise calculation, but at least you can, you can cover the setup of the process, how you manage risks, what kind of potential risks you have in the project, uh, what the cost of each of type of risks. Um, but sometimes we're stepping in the projects where, when the clients wants to have the delivery as soon as possible and, and you know, there will be risks, but eventually you don't have time even to think about that. You deal with them right away when they appear. If we're talking about the project plan, right? How would you describe a project plan? I mean, there are so many variables. There are so many items to change, uh, to, to think about, to implement. So sometimes you get off the tracking of the things, uh, but that's, that's your job to, to plan, to put on a paper, all the, all the items here. Previously, we talked about risks and, uh, is it always actually like risk assessment is always needed? Not really, not really. Can uh, you, can you really work without risk assessment? Of course. Uh, let's take for an example, the compatibility tests. Uh, this is the type of testing where like, I can't imagine situation when you will face any risk. 
Like, I mean, if we talk about generic things, like, like people manage it, of course, there and anything can happen there. But like, if we're talking about the service delivery here, uh, the, the quality of, of testing, the quality of the results, uh, the quality of, of, of the deliverables. So you actually, you will not face any, any potential risk there because it's, it's a really basic tests. They, they just does not include any, uh, any, you know, machine learning algorithms. If we talk about manual scopes, so you just, just take the device, take the, uh, proper OS version, you take the software and you just check if it works on the, on the phone, for example. So, uh, that's, that's a really, uh, safe area, I would say. If, if you will get to audio video tests, then yeah, the story gets complicated. Uh, we get the additional variables, we get additional scenarios and a lot of complicated metrics, which requires some machine learning algorithms to step in. Here you have uh, a really long uh, list of the issues and you need to get the proper uh, risk management assessment for such a project. Let's imagine you were, a project, you actually are a project manager, right? So you didn't calculate the risks. You didn't calculate risk assessment, but something actually happened and you need to approach the client and because there's an issue with deliverable. So how do you approach the client and say that, hey, we have a problems, it's, we're gonna, we need to ship the deadlines. So how do you do that? Well, usually I face the two type of, of the customers. I mean, we also remember that that's the same people working on the, on the other end. Um, but most of the people of your customers, of your partners you're working in, they, they have human approach. Like, you know, you know that you're failing in something, you have a problem, so you already know uh, the options you have, how to negotiate on that. Uh, most cases, uh, it's really easy to, to discuss and to align on the step forward. Uh, sometimes you face the really strict and direct people who are uh, really focused on the uh, deliverables written down in the contract. So actually, if we have like 26th of August, you actually need to deliver on that date. And if you change the date, then they're like pretty upset, right? Exactly. So you need to think a way ahead, what kind of uh, proposals you can you can provide in order to to at least to negotiate this case. Okay, let's imagine that uh, we can actually shift the date and you have like, I don't know, maybe four or three weeks left and you understand that, hey, I calculated the timeline wrong. How can I manage it? The only way I see that to happen is to... Um, conduct the pro bono services. Okay. Basically, you know, you failed, you didn't accomplish the delivery within the certain dates. You need to uh, continue working on that. You need to align internal on the resources and you need to close that uh, item and you need to find the uh, proper way to explain that to the customer. But usually if you are missing the date, uh, basically you're, you're continuing working for free to that customer. Yeah, so, but Whose actually fault is it if you like calculated wrong timeline? Is it like project manager's fault? By default, yes. You will always, uh, let's say, be guilty for that. Uh, that means that you haven't counted in some factors. Okay, and what measures do like project manager need to take to actually uh, calculate the correct uh, timeline? correct dates, or let's say, do they need to add like a buffer days or, or any other kind? That's, that's when you're conducting a proof of concept and, and, and demo tests and pilot tests. That's, uh, that's the source of data gathering for, for such calculation. If you're missing with that, 
uh, basically you're play, playing with the timelines. Roman, so what is the best way to calculate the risks? Well, you will never say there is a best way to calculate risks, um, but I can suggest to use the metrics for probability and impact. So basically you are taking all the potential issues, problems you can face, you set them uh, in the list of the high chance of facing that issue, and you give them some sort of weight and an impact on the project. So you're, you're creating that table, you get in the weight, so you have the uh, several uh, types of the risks you can face, you assign them a severity, and then you provide the guide procedure on how you will assess some, some sort of the risks, like, like the critical ones or, or medium ones, so you get the well-defined procedure and outcomes for, for facing that risk. <clears throat> for facing that risk. So, Romans, if we're talking about the project lifecycle, right, what goes in each stage and which stage is the most important stage in your opinion? Yeah. So there are several models for project lifecycle. Uh, we will not take the software delivery model because that's, uh, that's the extended model we are not using here. Uh, we can use the simplified one, which contains all the five stages. So that's the initiating, that's the planning, execution, controlling, and the closure. So let's speak about the thing I'm thinking the most important here in quality assurance, and that's the execution. Uh, you have uh, the client on the one side, which you're working with the defined deliverables. Uh, you have the stakeholders who you need to update in, but on the other hand, you have your team, the people who are working and executing these tests. So you need to gather them, you need to onboard them and ensure they, they clearly understand what they need to do. I mean, for sure, they will be experts in the field of testing, but also they need to be flexible and adapt to customer requirements. So you really need to, to keep an eye on the execution so it matches with the uh, planning and to make sure like, like there are no risks or, or the risks addressed. Why well, wouldn't say that planning is actually the most crucial thing? Because we are here limited with the quality assurance field, and uh, the planning, f the planning stage, it's uh, one of the clearest stage. I mean, you have the open questions there: how to execute certain tests in order to meet requirements. Uh, but eventually, you get answer on that because, like, without that, you don't start the execution. And and but but if you have like a bad planning, right? Planning bad planning stage, doesn't that mean that there's going to be a bad execution stage? Of course it will be, that's why you need to have a clear plan there. So but that means that planning actually is more important than executing, yeah? No, no, think, th think in the other hand, like even, even, even if you have a bad plan and people uh, executing according to that plan, uh, it means that everything is working fine at okay. the execution stage. But the risk here is that even if you have a perfectly defined plan, you know how to do the tests, you, don't, you need <clears throat> you know how to do the tests, you know what kind of deliverables uh, they're required, you know how to report that. And and people basically just not follow that during execution and you are not seeking that. The, then like you will miss the deadlines, you will miss uh, the quality of testing, you will have a lot of problems to deal with. And that, that that's not like we talked earlier, the miss deadline, like we need more time, for example. That will be the screwed tests. Okay. You need to run that again. Okay, okay. Okay, so Romans, what skills are most valuable as a project manager during, for example, the planning phase? 
the planning stage. I would not split any any uh, skill set on on the stage. Okay. I mean, if you want to succeed in a project manager, uh, by default, you need to have problem solving and negotiation skill. I mean, the the main idea of project manager is the, to solve the problems. That's it correct. doesn't matter if it's if it's delivery of the software or you're planning vacation. And you need to obviously be good on communication, right? Of course, with people. Of course, because you will not have all the projects like working perfectly. You will you will not face the customers which are open to you and sincere. Some of them will 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 I think talk a lot about deliverables. They will push out the maximum from you, and it will be hard to to align on on the budgets, for example. So you really need to to have the that that type of mindset oriented on the getting things done. Of course, you need to have some some knowledge on that. You need to have experience in in building a project plan. You need to know something about the approach. You need to find out the one which fits you. You need to try out how this works because uh, in the industry, like you you are not getting a project management like from from the zero. It's a really rare case. I mean, the project manager, he doesn't board, he, you become a project manager. How do you become the project manager? For example, I know that you can become team lead, right? In some case. And I think a lot of people doesn't understand the difference between the team lead and project manager. Do you, do you know the difference? Can you explain it? Any type of leadership requires uh, some sort of skill and personality level. So team lead uh, is a person which is mostly oriented on the people. So basically, you become become an, a really successful engineer in 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 the field of software quality assurance. You know all the techniques. You you do the perfect tests. It costs you less of time than for for uh, let's say the regular engineer. Uh, and then eventually, you become a test lead or or a team lead, where you train the people who are working around you and you help them to perform better. That's that's the people orientation here. If you if you if you are focused on the deliverables on on the responsibility, you're getting focused more on the project manager here. Okay, so like team lead never talks to actually the client; it only talks to project manager. Some of them do. I mean, it's not a strict area. You can you can be a team lead and a project manager, but eventually one on another will be more interesting to you. Because yeah, like like I I would define that as as the orientation on the deliverables. And and the technical stuff or orientation on the people, but it could be actually really hard to like do the team leading and at the same time manage the project, right? I mean, that's the nature of project manager. Some of the project managers in IT field they work separately. They just prepare a plan. They they track the deliverables. They report that. Uh, in quality assurance, uh, project manager usually the mix of several roles. Sometimes you need to be a team lead in a project. Sometimes you even need to touch the thing but with your hand to see how it works. Sometimes you just, just define the scope and you push that to the team and team works independently because team probably will have own team lead. But that depends on the project, on the scope, how big is that, how many people inside. Okay, uh, what do you think are the top responsibilities for the team lead and what are the responsibilities for the project manager? So let's cover the project manager responsibilities. So your your main duties will be to plan, to manage, track, and 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 report project deliverables. That's that's the high level responsibilities at your side. Of course, they can split on the, the uh, sub bullets there. But from from team lead side perspective, you need to ensure that 
that the scope is executed properly, that everyone aligned on the scope, and there are no no issues or the issues addressed. Uh, once I was actually browsing the YouTube, I was uh, reading a lot of stuff online, and I saw that uh, the team how to become a team leader, right? And there were like uh, two or three different ways. Uh, do you know these type of ways? Not really. Uh, I got to project manager like really naturally. I mean, eventually I started as a, as a, as an engineer in telecom, and then like I, I grown up as a team lead. Like it, it eventually happens when you take more and more responsibility, and when the thing you are doing becomes something special for you. Basically, when you start to care about that. I just know from my experience, like uh, when I just like we're working, and uh, one day I was like, hey. We're like creating a new department. Hey, this is going to be a new thing that you're going to do. And we need a team lead. And they're like, uh, it will be a team lead. I'm like, okay. And it just happened like in that in one day. So it was, it was quite an experience. That's, that's the one way how it happens. But like if you build an organization, if you have yeah. a really huge responsibility and you already have some team working on that, Probably you will look inside who is performing well, who is showing some some special results, who are trying to to move forward to do some something interesting to to improve the processes, for example. Yeah. So there's like actually like two ways. Just a new thing comes out, you're gonna be a team lead, or like the second one is is like you're working like your ass off for ten years and you're senior and hey, you'll you'll be a team lead right now. And from that on, you can like try to get to project management. Uh, so yeah. Uh, what do you think are the most like important building blocks for the project management side? Uh, you, sh- you should select the three things. The um, methodology you're working on, the templating, and the negotiation within the project. So if you, as a project manager, can I choose the methodology I want to work with? Of course. Uh, you're quite flexible here unless you're working for a big organization with the really structured uh, PMO. But let's say you're like uh, going to project, you're like retaking the project, right? And you see that this methodology they work on, you, it doesn't really suit well. What do you do in that particular moment? Yeah, you know, the good thing about the project management that you can change the methodology they used before, and this will not have any major impact on the team. Because uh, team usually has own pattern, own, own uh, scope, own documentation in regards of the execution of tests and and methodology for you that's that's the way you work and you track the progress so you can be flexible there for sure uh, i do that often when i take the projects which were started not by me i i i, I adjust them cuz i have the own set of mine i have own set of rules how i how i track things how i keep an eye on them and I need just to gather all the information and adapt to my template. So just like restructurizing the whole project so it suits so you well, you can see everything what's going on? Exactly. Okay, that's great. And uh, have you had experience where, uh, you said you're retaking projects, right? Previously in the past. Yeah. Have you had experience where actually uh, someone retook the project from you because you were like, ah, oh, I didn't manage it quite well? Uh, not really. Uh, within the quality assurance field, I had to take over the projects from the previous project manager. Like when I stepped in in this role within the company, I used to take over the project where on my second and third day, I needed to conduct a meeting with the customer to tell him that we are missing deadline. And how did you handle that? Oh, uh, 
lucky me, uh, the customer was like the the human oriented, so yeah, okay. so they didn't had the strict deadlines, and and I had some sort of solution, what we can do and when we can achieve the goal here. So eventually, that the outcome was positive here, but like. I mean, it was the tricky case when, like, you are not not yet aware of the project scope and you need to deal with such a problem. It's it's really actually nice when you have on the other side uh, the people like when you're called, hey, we won't make the deadline because there were such an issues, hey, and they're like, oh, that's all right, you can just, you know, give it as later. It's 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 not at all like a, a problem at all. But I know that there's like a project as you said previously uh, when we when we talked at the start that there's like, hey, twenty sixth of August you need to actually deliver it. And if you don't, then, well, you have a big problems. So which project manager in that particular uh, side is better? To be the strict one or to be like the adaptive one where you're like, oh, hey, we can adapt things. That's not such a problem. Don't like, don't worry. Everything's all right. Or you need to be like, hey, now you missed the deadline. Now you're going to like pay for it. In your your mood can change like within a day several times uh, if you have uh, multiple projects. Uh, at, at, at one day, you can be a strict project manager when you need to push your team to deliver on time. Sometimes you are more flexible, like, hey, we're facing an issue. Okay, we'll deal with that later. Let's think think of what, what can do there. But that really depends on, on the customer you're working in. There are some sorts of partnership which are really lovely when your customers just, just want to have some sort of information and they are not, not tied to deadlines. Of yeah. course, they have something like a, approximately when they expect to see, for example, test results. But there are some some customers which want to have results by end of Tuesday. They actually don't need that by end of Tuesday. It's, it's but they just want there. them to be there. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. Which, which are just fighting for each line. Yeah. And then your team is like working your ass off. But if we're talking about teams, right, uh, you see your team is underperforming. How do you approach them? Oh, that's a really tough question. There are several reasons why your team can be uh, underperforming. Yeah, so it can. They can be burned out, or they can be a lot of work, or or maybe the manpower is like uh, too less, right? Yeah, basically the first thing you're you're doing you're getting into team to talk. You need to find out the reason why why they're 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 underworking, why they are missing the timelines. So based on the on the certain situation, you need to make a decision what to do with that. I mean, sometimes people underperform because the plan is not clear for them. Then you need to take time back and discuss that and elaborate on each uh, each line of the plan. Of course, this will require extra time for people as you're already missing some timelines. Sometimes people are burned out because they actually do the things they don't love anymore. And that's... Uh, how, how do you get back like motivation for these type of people when they're burned out what what do you what can you do first What's of all like like you're you're talking you're figuring out what what people wants to do i mean there are not 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 much flexible approaches here uh, either you discuss with the person the way forward how to get out of the situation and of course you need to think about the interest of that person of your employee otherwise uh you may look for a replacement. As a project manager, can you be like good for both sides, for the client side and be good for the team side as well? Because you're like in the middle. So if you like turn your face to the client, your ass is back at, at the team, right? And if you like turn around, it's, it's vice versa. So can you be good to both of them? 
it can be good, it can be bad, but like the idea here, you have no right not to be. Uh, like if you're not good with your team, uh, they will fail to deliver the results and then uh, you will fail the customer as a project manager, as a customer facing role. If you are uh, bad with the customer, probably the customer will go away from you and your team will have no projects. Okay, now we have covered the human management side, let's switch toward the budgeting, the budget for the project. Uh, what type of approaches there are for billing clients? You can bill clients for, for the effort. Okay. Place in the project, like the man hours, basically. Or you can have uh, such type of the service delivery model where you charge for certain services. Of course, it will include the man hours spent on that and probably some, some additional costs for the resources, for the hardware, whatever it takes you to deliver such type of service. Uh, right now, at the moment, the economic we now have, it's, it's pretty bad, right? So... Are actually projects, how do you think, are projects actually affected by the crisis? For sure. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine there are any organizations which are not impacted in some some sort of level uh, within the current uh, situation in the world. I mean, that's the, that's the first time in the history, not the last time, for sure. Uh, and we can see along the customers that some of them uh, struggle with the budgeting, I mean, they're they're trying to prepare for the Q4 and Q1 next year, and eventually, like this is the situation. It, it's it's probably bad for some of the customers, but on the other side, there are customers which benefits from that. Depends on the on the software they're developing and and putting to the mass. So, I, I face the customers which which found the way forward in decreasing the scope or or even stepping out of the testing for now. But also there are projects which are scaling up. By mentioning the scaling up, right? Uh, what do you think, which industry is actually earning a lot of income right now and is scaling up during this economic crisis or like completely everything suffers and there's like no possibility that someone scales up? I think the industry which, uh, which allows to work remotely or connect uh, with the people remotely scales up and wins from the situation, not only from the pandemic, but also with the economical. Because um, most of the companies are looking for, for, for uh, moving people out of the office, like home office now, now new way forward on how to work, how to conduct business. Of course, uh, offices are still there. And like for me particularly, I like to work from the office. But yeah, these are the the type of software products which uh, which eventually will, will grow and will not be affected that majorly within the current crisis. If, if we're talking about working environment, so we can work from home, we can work from the office, which which actually is better? Because we know that, hey, everyone says you need to work from home, we're more productive, but is it true? Not really, it depends on the personality. So you work better from the place you want to work from. I mean, if you are put in the conditions where you must work from the office and you are not performing well there because like like of the self-awareness, you know that you need some, some comfy setup, you need your home setup. And you uh, probably and need discipline. Of course, it's it's all about discipline. I mean, we're, we're not artists here. So basically what you're saying, if the human being lacks discipline, you better should work from the office, right? 
I think yes. But that means that we need to approach each person individually to say that, hey, you can vote from home, hey, you can't vote from home, but isn't that discriminating? You might think of that, that, that there's a trespass in here, but not really. I mean, still, it's a work environment. You need to get things done. If, uh, if there is an option to work from home and you like to do that, but you are not performing well, like you can end up in, in two situations. First of all, you will be pushed to work from the office in order to make sure that you are actually performing your duties. So, like so if you're like performing better office, you should work from office. If you're performing better from home, yeah, just give it a shot. Try from home, right? Exactly. Okay, case closed. So taking all this into consideration, right, the plus sides and all, how would you describe what it's like to actually being a project manager? It means that you care. It means that you take a look of everything that happens around and you make sure that your stakeholders and your team are satisfied on both ends. So as we know, uh, a lot of people are working from 9 to 6, from 8 to 5. And uh, as a project manager, do you really work these type of hours or you're like working way more than actually need? And if you're like working way more, does, does that mean that you're actually a bad project manager? That's a really interesting question, Adrian. So uh, if we're talking about project manager, uh, probably you will not have any boundaries and limits here. I mean, you need to realize that you can get the customers from, from the other shore, you can get the local customers, so different time zones. Uh, project manager is usually, usually a flexible person. So for me personally, I don't work nine to six like every day. I have uh, evening work, I have morning work, etc. It's It's all about being flexible and make sure you can deliver. Uh, what customers expect but like that's also the way of living for you so okay so if the customer wants to call you in and 10 at and 2 a.m you're just like ah clients always right you need to call in right oh not not, not that way not that way no i mean i mean i will consider to have that call but like, you will even consider it yeah it, it depends on on the type of the call and what we need to discuss i mean if i'm sleeping probably i will not answer <laughs> So you're not prioritizing the client over your own needs, right? Not always. It's it's really about like if I can squeeze that in. Okay. Okay. For example, you're managing project, right? And everything's really good, everything's going like butter. And what do you do with this free time? Do you find other tasks? I mean, there's no such thing for me as a free time. Okay. You always have something to work in, something to improve. I mean, you will never, ever, ever will have a perfect project. So the perfection perfection is not the goal. The goal is getting things done. Okay. Uh, yeah, I recall you said that previously. <laughs> project manager is who gets things done. That's correct. Exactly. Okay, I think... Uh, it was really nice to meet you and a big thank you to everyone who tuned in and joined this particular episode and listened to our discussion with uh, Romans about project management management in the IT field. Uh, so it was very insightful discussion. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening, uh, feel free to follow our podcast on Spotify or YouTube, where we'll publish more episodes with experts from different software engineering fields. If you have any comments, suggestions, or let's say recommendations, just uh, write to us uh, on Instagram profile, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or just write to me uh, privately. <laughs> so yeah, you can find us by the name Tesdolab, 
and let's keep advancing your skills and knowledge set. So see you at the next episode. Thank you, Roman. It was nice to meet you. Thank you for having me.